Broadcasting live from the center of the universe, it's Business School Without the BS. Featuring optometrist-turned-entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We're talking all about Lenny Kravitz and his path to success. Dr. Z, do you love some Lenny Kravitz? I do, man. I just, I dig his music. I really do. It's really good. I just, you know, it's still kind of iconically classic. I mean, I catch myself sometimes listening to some of his, well, he came out in the 80s, you know, it's yeah. his first album. And so, of course, you know, he's, he, I found out today, I mean, he's just a few months older than me. We're the same really? age and kind of, yeah. This, when you said he graduated high school in 82, so did 82, I. 82, yeah. When you said he put out his first album in 85, I did not. When he married Lisa Bonet in Las Vegas, I wasn't there. Think about this. But our lives are very similar. 1989 is when he finally got his album, Let Love Rule, released by Virgin Records. Now, I want to ask you, when did you finally make your mark as an optometrist slash entrepreneur? I mean, when did you finally get your own business? What year was that? 91. I mean, I I graduated in 90. Can I I point out something? He, He got his album out before I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, I think I think the thing is, uh, Z, is that uh, that we're, we're not saying that he's better than you. In fact, we're we're saying that the really great things take time. They take time. Well, it's I could have you, you marinated. You could have beat him. I could have shortcutted. I could have skipped college undergraduate and yep. just gone out and started doing free eye exams. I mean, that's the that's what that would have been the same equivalent, right? If I'm eighty two, I get out of high school, and I just go into an office and I just said, "I'm going to work for free." Yeah, and I just go in and start doing eye exams. Yes, and, for for nothing. Now, there's a little bit of a difference in playing in a dive bar for free and then going in and doing medical care for free if you don't have the license to do it. So I kind of had to get the license. Now, here's the deal with Lenny, okay? His big break. I want to ask you how you got your big break, Zeke, because there's a lot of optometrists out there competing for the business, and you had to find a way to stand out in the marketplace, okay? So Lenny is is a great musician. Now, he got connected by Henry Hirsch into... The, the mainstream, he gets the record deal with Virgin Records now, okay? But his music is struggling to get on the radio. It's struggling to get the airplay that he wants it to have. And so he decides he's going to start writing music for other people. And he writes a song for Madonna, a song called Justify My Love, which, by the way, is the most weird, crazy song ever. Don't watch it on YouTube. Weird. But that song got played on the radio all the time, Justify My Love, and they said, you know, this song was written by Lenny Kravitz. They're going, Lenny who? And then people made their way back to his album, and then bam, his album when kind did of... He go, when did he change his name back to, to his real name? I have failed the, the Thrive Nation. Right? I cannot tell you what year that was. I just know that the whole, the whole concept of going by the, that early stage name, it took him about four years, they said, yeah. Romeo Blue, before that wore off. So 1989, though... He's finally now, he's finally, finally getting some radio play. And that's really when his success began to happen. I want to ask you, Z, I mean, 1991, you start your optometry clinic. When did you nail down your no-brainer, your advertisement, your marketing? When did you finally get it to where you're like, man, I'm able to fish with a net, baby. I'm able to get the people in the door at Dr. Robert Zellner Zellner and Associates. It was probably 92, definitely by 93. 92? Yeah. And we were rocking by 94. And then... 95, I went to go, in the June, I went to go be the president of iMart. And then June of 96, I came back. And then January of 97, was the, then I had a whole rebranding, a whole new thing that I, that I did. So I would say it was pretty early. I'm, I was bound and determined to set myself apart. And I knew the only way I was going to do that was to get that word out. And so I took a very aggressive stance. I took 10% of my gross 
income. 10%. 10%. So if you paid me $10 for something, I took $1 off of that, and I put it in an advertising Time fund. Time out. So if a okay. business owner is listening right now, and they're doing a million dollars of revenue, mm-hmm. you were taking a, the equivalent of $100,000 a year and spending it on advertisement? Correct. Which wow. is extremely high, extremely aggressive. Did you at the time? But I was delaying my gratification. I didn't have a big house. I'm living in a townhouse. I didn't have a big fancy car. I was driving an old an old beater. You know, I didn't have all the. So you were living. Trappings. You were you were you were living below your means. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, but I'm, I'm, this is a big thing, though. I think a lot of people are reluctant to advertise. There's there's somebody well, they, listening they, to the show. They don't do it because they can't afford to do it. No, there's there, there's somebody. I'm, I'm I'm not arguing with you. I'm arguing I'm arguing on behalf of the person listening to the show who's saying this. That's what they're saying. They're saying, "Z, I you don't understand my situation." I, I can't afford to advertise because I still want to keep the cable TV. I still want to keep the... I, 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 my kids need to go to the private school. I still need to have the second car, the third car. I, you don't understand. My, it's harder for me to delay gratification than for you because I have a unique situation. Situation. You know, and I delayed it all through college, and I've delayed it all my life, and mm. now I'm tired of de- delaying it, and I, you know, I want to take that money and go blow it on a new car. I had, I had a young entrepreneur, young business um, a guy started up his business and came to me and said, listen, I want to be the Dr. Z of my industry. I'm like, okay, well, here's the plan. Let's here's the plan. Advertise. We're going to do this and all that. Step number one. You know, and, and, and I'd meet with him on, on occasion, and then finally meet with him less and less, and finally I met back, and I go, how's that advertising coming along? He goes, how's it going? I did that for about a month. That thing didn't work. Uh-oh. Now, talk to me about the one. Now, this is the thing. If you're new to advertising, make sure you hear what we're saying and that you look at it. We don't make a commission if you buy ads on this station or a different station. But, Z, you've been buying ads consistently for years. I mean, for 26 years. 25 years, yeah. So talk to me for the person who, the mindset who says, I have been running ads for a month, and I'm just not getting the return on investment on the first month that I need. What walk me through that mindset? How do you how do you navigate that? Well, I, in all fairness, in all fairness, if you don't do all the super moves that we teach in our Thrive umbrellas, in other words, there's different multiple ways to learn it from us. But if you don't use all the super moves in your advertising, you could spend fifty percent of your gross income and not move the needle. In other words, if you're not saying the right things, if you don't have the right things in your ad. It doesn't matter how many times people hear it. It's not going to move the needle. Can right? I give you an example of a needle-moving concept? Would you please give me an example? There's two no-brainers. Why is it there's, there's three no-brainers today. We'll, we'll go around the horn and we can share the no-brainers, okay. Okay? okay? So a no-brainer is when the reward you're giving your potential customer is greater than the risk of reaching out to you. So it's score b-ball. Score basketball. Coach Calvert, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good. Coach just slipped in the box he at Rocks. He slipped in the house. He's in the house. Coach, I want to ask you this. What's the no-brainer that you're offering to the good folks of Tulsa, Oklahoma at scorebball.com? We'll let kids come in and try out a free class for a week. For a week? Yeah, as many times as they want. And how could you possibly afford to be in business with doing a deal where you're not making any money the first time they come in the first week? Actually, it works really well. Like, for instance, we had 15 come, people come in last week, and we signed up 12 people. So 12 for 15. And so we feel like if, even if we can get you know half the people to sign up, we're doing great. But what if someone would take advantage of you and not uh, actually pay you? They will, and a lot of times we can tell they're going to be that way anyway. But we care about their kids, and we'll train them the same way. Now, Paul Hood, hoodcpas.com, you have a very respectable accounting practice. You have a location in Bartlesville, one in Claremore, one in Tulsa. Thousands, I mean literally thousands of clients. 
and yet you continue to offer a no-brainer. Can you explain to the good, the good folks of Tulsa, what, what's your no-brainer, and why should everybody listening to the show today take you up on this offer? Well, we found, and I don't care what business you're in, what your product you're selling, people are a little afraid to try new things, and so we take all those inhibiting factors off and offer an hour for free. Just come and talk. Uh, just go to our website, hoodcpas.com, fill out the form, and we'll, uh, we'll just sit down and talk. Then there's, there's nothing to lose. It's free. Nothing to lose. It's free. they got to go to hoodcpas.com, and they schedule their free consultation with you. How long does that take? Does it take several hours, several weeks? And, you know, it depends on what they want, but typically an hour, an 45 hour. minutes to an hour. And it, you know, we're just getting to know each other and what's, what uh, direction you want to uh, you know, go and how, how defined are your goals, what are your experience with an accounting firm, how proactive are your investments, how proactive are your, uh, your financials, and are you using those to steer your business, or is it just something you look at on the backside. I tell you what, Clay, the surprising thing is, is the number of people that come in and uh, they've been in business for years and they have no, they have no financials. They don't do anything until the end of the year and they just show up with a box of stuff. And I would say because the majority of accountants out there are not very proactive. And that's why when people meet with you the first time, they always um, love the interaction. They love to, I mean, a lot of times they don't even know what a break-even point is or what a performa is or how to do it or how to even get started with tax planning and retirement planning, that kind of thing. It's a powerful one-hour consultation and you're going to give them a free copy of Warren Buffett's book, The Snowball. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Now, Dusty, you have a no-brainer. You've been doing it over there at Dr. Robert Zellner Associates. You know, I started off my first classic. This just puts a smile on my face. Uh. My first classic no-brainer that I did, and I ran with it, was a $99 deal where you could get a pair of clear contacts and a pair of colored contact lenses and the eye exam and all the follow-up and all that included, right? So $99. $99 dollars yeah. for the, the clear yeah. contacts. So then, so then I went from that to uh, you could do, and then I had a season of you could get a pair of glasses and a pair of contacts or two of each for $99. Oh, wow. And you know what? For 25 years, this might shock you that things have gone up in... In, up in cost? What? I know. I know it's what? this whole standard of cost of living increase is just I just I don't know. I thought when government printed that? money to make up for large deficits, it wouldn't impact the consumer at all. It wouldn't, but it oh, does. Okay, sorry. And so now my no brainer is to keep it in the ninety nine dollars. I have now one pair of glasses and the eye exam, of course, all the follow up care and all that and the free frame warranty for ninety nine dollars. So you know, I'm 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 hanging on to my ninety nine dollar deal now. Twenty five years later, are you going to go to one oh nine? When are you going to lose your mind to go to one oh nine? Are you doing it this week? I can't. I can't do 102? it. One oh two. I can't do 100, it. One hundred. I mean, one oh one. The math. Look at the math, man. One oh three. One oh four. Stop it. See, I'm just telling you. I mean, on behalf of your wallet, I mean, hey, when are you going to go to one oh five? What are you going to? What are you going to do? You know, one ten. And there's a certain percentage of people that come in off the street that, that you know want that deal. That that's the deal that they want. That they. I remember. Um, Whenever we did uh, our 20-year anniversary, and I did $20 eye exams. Oh, my goodness. $20? I mean, wow. We were so busy. Oh, so, so busy. That's hot. Like, huh. We that's had to give hot. out rain checks because we couldn't get everybody in that day in both, both the practices. But uh, yeah, the, the thing about it is the no-brainer, you have to have a call to action. You have to have something that advertising, and that's what you're talking about. You call it no-brainer. I call it a call to action. you got to have something so incredible like... Down at the Elephant in the Room, the Men's Grooming Ultra Lounge. What's your? You've got something working down there. It's one dollar for your first haircut experience. I've got one even better. One dollar. What's that? May I? And that is your first month of Thrive Fifteen. If you go to thrivetimeshow.com or thrive15.com. Oh come on now! You can get our online on, online. You get our online online. Business school. It's, it's a new. It's a new nope. thing. It's, it's under the line. It's yeah. <laughs> for one dollar. One doll hair. One. One dollar, and the word on the street is is that if to go get a four year business degree from even say a local university here from the University of Phoenix, 
Um, I don't know what Phoenix is. I was going to go with TU or ORU. ORU. Okay, now, ORU. Well, what's, what's going right at ORU? Right ORU now? is going to get you for about $30,000 a, a year. year. Yeah. 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 So one a buck twenty there, but you feel good and you get to meet friendships and have relationships. And I encourage you to exercise and, and read your Bible. And those are those are good things. Yeah, I mean you'll meet people there like you'll never meet anywhere else because when you're not on a college campus, you can't meet good people. Uh, and TU is probably how much is TU? Uh, well, TU it's a steal of a deal. I think it was. I think we had the, the, the we had a TU student on the show. Right, he was about like a year ago. Forty-five. Yeah, 40, he said it was all in, getting close to upper thirties. Yeah, okay. For, I was but he was getting a good deal. Off. I mean, think about that. I mean, if he if he graduates from TU and becomes a teacher, think about it. Buck Each 50, year, yeah. you make about thirty thousand a year as a teacher. Yeah. And after taxes, you keep about twenty. So he got he has a steal of a deal. I mean, it only take him like twelve years or so to pay off the student debt. I mean, he's getting a slam. And he could live that, in your MPV. If you still they, got it? Why don't they put that on the TU website? They should say, "Here's our no-brainer." I hear for some sarcasm in your voice. No, for $33,000 a year, we're going to get you in for one year. They should focus on the price. It's such a, it's such a great offer over there to you, Z. Z, it's a huge deal. He's a little, he's a, he's, I think he's being a little facetious. They could throw in, and they could throw in a, a free basketball lesson and a free meeting with Coach uh, Calvert and maybe a copy of the Snowball book. I mean, they should do all that for thirty. In my, for 33000 That is one of the things that drives me a little crazy is see kids going to college and running up all this debt and then getting a degree where they have no chance, like, no chance. Like, like studying history, no chance, Humanities. zero chance of paying back that money. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you are listening to the show today and you want to start a successful business, you have found the right place. It's business school without the BS. And yes, we're here to serve you, but we can't serve you if we don't get to know you. Go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for our next in-person workshop today. That's thrivetimeshow.com. My name is Clay Clark. I'm a business coach. Hello, Mom. Broadcasting live from the center of the universe, it's business school without the BS. Featuring optometrist-turned-entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year. Sit here to help you learn what you need to know to make that wallet grow. And today we're talking about the Lenny Kravitz story, his path to success. Now, this is a, a concept that I want to. This is kind of part of the part, a part of the Lenny Kravitz story that uh, isn't super positive, but it ends it ends well. Basically, he's making a lot of money. He's ha- selling a lot of records. He's doing well now. But he's super not happy. And so he ends up uh, realizing that all of the connection, all of the social events, all of the things he wanted, the money, the fame, the success, the magazine covers, that stuff wasn't what he thought it was. It wasn't. He, he Shocking. Wanted, he wanted to have... I guess he thought it would be something else. And it was harder on his personal life, harder on his uh, psyche than he thought it would be. And so he, I wouldn't say he goes crazy, but he kind of a deal. He had kind of that breakdown a little bit. And see, I think a lot of people aren't ready for the pressure that owning a successful business puts on your head. Well, I tell you what, uh, first time you have a bunch of money in the bank, um, I think success breeds more problems than failure. Um, and what happens is, is that, you know, when you start getting time freedom, then you kind of go, well, what am I going to do with my day to day? And then you have the money to do it. You're like, well, I, I think I'll. Money is a magnifier. I think I'll do this. It allows you to do more of what you would do without the money. But bingo. So I want to ask you this. When you first started coming into some success, okay, so you mm-hmm. first, 
worked your way to success, whatever that means. The business maybe is, is, is a multi-million dollar company now. It's not just barely surviving. Things are going well. Where was the, when was the time where you thought, or what was an example of a time where you thought, I did not know it was going to be this stressful? Maybe something where you thought, oh, man, this was, because you have a pretty high, high watermark, but I know it's because you have been through a lot. And so what's an example in the business where you thought, man, this was a lot worse than I thought it would be? I, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm actually, when you were kind of going through that, I was yeah. you're going to throw me a question, and as you were kind of dancing around there, I was kind of thinking, what? What were some times that it was like, and I did have a high watermark, and what I would do a lot with, with my life, Clay, is that as I started getting success in one business, that would, then I, what I would do is I'd go just all in on another one, and I just, I would go, I would open up another one, and then I would have the, the, the stress of that, and the, the thrill of that, and the, the ongoings of that, and so then I became the, the vaudeville act that had the sticks with the plates on them, mm. and it's to the energy of you moving the stick around you know, spinning it that keeps the plate on there. And so people would ask me all the time, they'd say, what do you, what do, you do in a day? And I go, I just see which plate is wobbling the most, and I run to it. I, I know and I go, for, what? I know for me, the, the, the time where I thought, this is worse than I thought it could ever be, was I booked a show to DJ for the prom uh, for Dassel Cocado High School, and it was on the Mississippi River. So we're DJing the prom on the Mississippi River, but yet we lived in Tulsa, okay? So my DJs were expected to be on the prom boat going down the Mississippi River from Minneapolis. Uh, but the day before, I booked another gig where we were doing an all-nighter event for Capel High School for their project graduation or something. Okay. So, you know, again, there's like 40 DJs at this point, okay? But there's, there's one guy who's supposed to DJ in Dallas. And then the next day, within 24 hours of that show in Dallas, we have another show that's supposed to happen in Minneapolis. And I didn't realize human nature yet, and I wasn't aware. And Vanessa told me probably, I don't know, 4,000 times. But I didn't realize <laughs> that 10% of our DJs every weekend are going to lie to me and bail out of their show. I hadn't accepted that yet. Wow, wow. So if you book 10 DJs to be at the wedding, you know, one would always call in sick with a fake illness. Sure. And I didn't realize that was going to be normal. I just thought it was anomalies. I had some bad people. And Vanessa goes, says, honey, we really need to hire at least two DJs who do nothing. They're on call, like Quick Trip does with their gas stations, so that way we're never in a bad spot because we don't want to miss somebody's wedding. And I thought, Yeah, that's a, that's a no, no good thing. I thought, nah, nah. They, they, we've got some good guys. Good, some good guys. guys. Well, one guy who was a good guy, he says, hey, here's the deal. i got to be honest with you. i got to be honest. I, I have overcommitted, and I cannot do the, the all-night event in Capel, Texas. I can't do it. I wanted to do it. I, 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 no, I said I would do it. I, I just wanted to man up and tell you I cannot do the event tomorrow, so I, I cannot. Well, I thought, you know what? I'm the backup. I'll go do it. I'm the owner yeah. of this business. I'll go knock that You know, you could have called me probably because oh, I lived well, in Capel for that year I was down in Dallas. Well, let me tell you about a, an all-night, an all-night, uh, <laughs> how that works. You literally DJ all night. That's why it's an all-nighter, you know. Interesting. So the kids start like at 10 o'clock, and the theory is they'll be better behaved if they're ha at the school all night. 
So I'm DJing until about 6 a.m. Things are going good because I'm rocking the party. They're all dancing until like 5 a.m. It's kind of that weird thing where people are so sleep deprived. Some are crying. Some are laughing. And, and you're really funny or it's horrible. Oh, yeah. And any slightly funny joke, they're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's hilarious. And then you say something that's not funny. They're like, boo. Just polarity everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I'm going, man, this is, this is, I'm, I've rocked this. I feel good. I remember just everyone, I, I finished DJing the last song. Everyone gives me a big old ovation. They're cheering. Woo. Then I get my phone call, my singular cell phone back in the day with the minimum minutes. You know, you have a oh, yeah. ding, 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 And I'm going, whose phone call is this? I'll get the phone. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, uh, Clay, uh, this is uh, such and such. I was uh, supposed to DJ tonight in Minneapolis. And, uh, well, I just don't feeling very good. And I, uh, I'm like, I say, listen, I just finished an all-nighter as in a back, as a backup. Dallas as a backup. I really need you to do this. I tried to uh, appeal to his higher motives, to his morality, to having a soul. I remember being like, is your soul there? Do you, do you care and he about goes, humans No, there's all? this date, I, and it's something about a date and a girl he knows, and it's a one-time opportunity to go on a date, and he's been working on it for a long time, and he just can't do it, and he's sorry. And So I now have to drive to Minneapolis, but I haven't slept already for like 24 hours. More than 24. I've been something like 30 hours. I'm already you didn't fly a plane? You didn't. So I drove from Dallas, which is four miles south of Tulsa. of Tulsa, to Minneapolis with Andy Matherin, who you now know. I call Andy. Andy, can you do the show with me? He says, dude, I'll wrap up my show Friday night. We'll ride together. So we drive up to Minneapolis. It's like just a bunch of sleep-deprived idiots. And we DJ. We, we literally pulled into the dock on the Mississippi River to board this huge paddle boat with like... 30 minutes before they're leaving. The, the event planner is just super oh, going crazy. irate. Crazy. Yeah, I can't reach her because she didn't have a cell phone on. She goes, where are you? Where, 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 where were you? We've been waiting on you guys for hours. We're supposed to leave in just a minute. Thankfully, you're here on time. We can deal with it later. And I didn't even want to say, like, lady, I've been through a personal <laughs> purgatory here. You know. So I DJed that prom on the boat going down the Mississippi River. So it was, it was two sleepless nights. I get back to my parents' house in Minnesota. I'm like a 25-year-old man at this point, 24-year-old man. I just collapsed, fell asleep, and then, Z, the next weekend, a very similar situation happened because I hadn't embraced the idea that people were going to bail out. I built the company um, too big and without having backups. And so the next probably four or five weekends in a row were just hell. And Vanessa was like, that's why we have to have backups. And so, Z, I learned my lesson started training backup DJs. You started listening people. to Vanessa finally? Yeah, every oh, time my wife tells me something, she's always right. I just you like to wait about a year or two to yeah. accept it. Just let it soak in. Yeah, I like to be beaten with the dumb stick first. Oh, wow. so fun. All right. Now, Thrive Nation, if you are looking for the specific knowledge you're not going to get in business college, you've got to book your tickets for our next in-person Thrive Time workshop. When we come back, more about your path to success. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thrive Time Show, a show for the enemies of average. You know, people are not born with big thighs. You know, you're born a fabby little lazy baby. You know, it takes work to look like this. People are not born with big thighs. That is the notable quotable. <laughs> that is a notable quotable. Thank you, Sarah. Hans and line. Franz. I mean, that's that, just great to pump you up. So many great lines from that show. Remember, as a kid, that was like a must see TV. 
It was. I mean, if you showed up on Monday morning and you couldn't at least remember the skits, I mean, acting them out was obviously the, the next baby. level. But if you couldn't at least even have a conversation about what they were and how funny they were and what they meant to you. You are a loser. I mean, you were ostracized. You were like, you were in time out. That was kind of a, their Austrian ostracize. Thank the way you, you kind of thank wove you. that in, that was very impressive. Thank, well, thank you. I appreciate very impressive. I've been working wow. all day on that one. So. Now, now, we're talking today about the unlikely success story of Lenny Kravitz, how he became a Grammy award-winning artist. Well, here's what happens. He gets to the peak of his fame, of his career, and he realizes, I'm not happy. So he moves to the beach in the Bahamas in an Airstream trailer parked on the edge of the water. And there he just sorts it out for about a year. So and he basically was living in a van. Again, he went back. He used to live in a car. Now he wants to live in a jet stream. I have Upgrade. a picture of it, Z, right here on the on the screen. You can see it. That's oh, his yeah, jet that's stream. Sexy. And yeah. he, he went on Oprah and he explained to Oprah that that is where he seeks uh, today solace. That's like where he seeks peace. He goes there often to record, to write, to compose, to think. Z, I want to get your take on this, and then I want to I want to hear a story from Coach as well as, well as from Paul. Where do you go to retreat mentally after you've just been screwed? I mean, when you just get, mm. come on, because this happens to you, probably, honestly, is it like once a month that you just get totally taken advantage of, or is it once every two months? Is it every day? How often are you just getting hosed? I'll tell you what. what do you, every now and then you get dealt with bad hand. Tell us, tell us. Every now and then you got to go to your jet stream trailer. The jet stream. Take out a bat. You got to get out of bat. And, and beat something up. You got to beat a... Sometimes it's a dude. You got to beat a no, dude. No, no. Uh, did I say that out loud? Z. No, I had my man cave, of course. The man cave. Everybody has their version of their man cave. And what Some, are you doing in the man cave? Some it's a physical cave. Describe the decor, the pageantry. The the, the 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 festival of lights. What does it look like? There's actually, what are you doing there? There, there is actually some Christmas lights up up in the man cave. I took out one wall of the house and I put a put a uh, aquarium up up. Uh, it's in the house, but you know, the, I took out the wall and put a big window there. So now it looks like you know you can see it right there from the so man cave. You can cave. see the fishes. I've got the the fireplace. I've got the cooling the cooling elements for the summer. I have the warming elements in the winter. The, the the screen, which goes up and down. Keeps the bugs so out. Keeps out the bugs oh, out. Oh, it's beautiful. It's majestic. So then I can burn my wood, my TV in the corner, my big comfy chair. And you have lights that sync to the game. Sync to the no, LED lights? You have the LED lights Oh, yeah, Bo, yeah. But, well, Bo has all that kind of squirrely stuff around there, yeah. And you don't know how they work. You can't find the remote, but the point is it's majestic. It's you're majestic. In that, you're in that room. It's... it's Flat screen TV, fireplace. Yeah, yeah. And so we all have... I think we all have our mental or our, our place. It may not be an actual cave, but we have uh, for men and for women, too. You have the place where you go, you know, just... Why are the, you in the bathroom? Why, yeah. Get what, out you, of there. Yeah, for some people, it's taking a hot tub, uh, getting in a hot tub or a hot bath and bubbling up and lighting a candle and getting a glass of wine and going, <laughs> I had a tough day. <laughs> no, but how often do you get screwed now? How often? I mean, if you had to say, oh, is it every 30 days where you just get where you're like, man, is this a Bob Vila show here? Get out the screw gun. I mean, I would say it's, you know, when you when you have multiple businesses and then multiple transactions going on, there's more opportunity for someone to try to get to you. You, so answer, I, you answer the question. I'd say it happens probably. It's, if it's not monthly, I mean, a major one, then it's probably every week a minor one, you know. <laughs> I mean, so give me an example of one that's far enough in the past where you can go, <laughs> but it still hurts. Well, it actually was the summer of my high watermark. I remember it was the first time I got sued. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, it was you know it was dismissed. This was twenty twenty. Let's see, twenty two years ago, probably. So this was the, it was the summer of sixty nine. Yeah. So my middle child had fallen and broken his leg. He was in a body cast. In the, well, he was actually in traction in the hospital for a month. Wow. My wife was uh, eight months pregnant. She was in the hospital on another floor with a kidney stone. I'm probably breaking some HIPAA violations here, but that's okay. No, it's, it's okay. That's fine. No, this is good. This is good. This this is, is, yeah. So one kid's in the hospital. Wife's got the kidney stone. What are you doing? Are you my, out there my doc- cooking I'm work- burritos? I'm, I'm working. I don't have any doctors. It's just me. I'm still still early enough that it's just me. I've got my staff now probably up to about five or six, and we're seeing a lot of patients, and we're very busy because I've been advertising, and advertising. We've, been, we've been providing great service. Uh, and then my daughter, who was, I believe, three or four at the time, was mad because she wasn't... She was like, you know, hey, what about me? What about me? What about me? And so I would go, as soon as I got out of work, I would go to the hospital to visit basically my family. And then I would spend the, <laughs> I would spend the night with my son. He didn't want me to leave. So in the morning when I had to leave to go work, it was just heart-wrenching, you know. And uh, it was, it was, that was a well, was you know a t- what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do to, to help kind of I needed a, empathize? I needed a, a stream. I need one of those stream. What is it? Live stream? Uh, that right there is Lenny Kravitz Airstream. 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 I need an Airstream in the Bahamas parked on the ocean that I could just have gone to for about a year after that. I well, was like, I, I wanna, ah. I wanna, it's, it's because we're men. Yeah. And what men do to help other men to empathize <laughs> is we one up other men. We have uh. a story that's better. That's worse that you could more than you could possibly relate to. So rather than trying to listen to what you just said, yeah. we go, you know what? Oh, and then we give you a worse yeah, yeah. story. So oh, yeah. Paul, do you have a story that's worse that you want to one up? <laughs> Dr. Z? I, I don't know if it's worse because uh, I'm just still trying to make sure I don't tie together his uh, godfather or take a bat and hit people and his whole family being in the hospital. Make sure that's just a coincidence. <laughs> I need to step. A coincidence. Uh, yeah, I'm going to make well, sure got, I'm it's nice. Stress to relief. You got to swing that bat. It's stress relief. <laughs> it's stress relief. I didn't see that guy standing there. So, yeah. you know. Sorry. Now, we, you know, I, I guess the story I would have um, of being taken advantage of is, um, you know, I, I like Zig Ziglar, and I grew my business, and Zig says, uh, you know, you, if you base your success on the success of other people, you get you help enough, enough other people get what they want out of life, you get what you want out of life. And so my business was I was just really rocking and rolling and cranking, but I was still doing everything. So I go out and I hire a CPA. He's older than me, more experienced. And by the way, I paid him more than what I'm making. So you so, hired a CPA. Yes. And you're paying him more than you're paying yourself. Yes. Okay. With, with the intent of building a business around him and, and all that. Well, obviously, uh, I took a big cut in pay because now I've got this extra expense. So we, I decide, hey, I'm going to go out and buy another practice and I'll bring this guy in and he can help run it with me. And everything was great. And we got down, I actually got a contract, hadn't signed it, got a contract. And then I get a call. Mm. And he says, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, me and the seller have been talking on the side, and we decided I'm going to buy it. And what? so, yeah. So not only did I lose that deal, um, I lost the guy I was going to invest money in, and I'm back still working seven days a week. You that know, doesn't seem very ethical, Clay. You know, uh, you know, Paul, I can tell you this. As a man, that sounds awful uh, to hear what you're going through. So I have no, we have really no other op- option here as, as men than to one-up you. So, Coach, well, what's something worse? It, give, give, a, give us some worst-case scenario that was far worse than what Paul Hood could possibly relate to over there in his perfect world where nothing bad happens. I mean, what, what's something worse that's happened to you, Coach? In 2002, uh, my, and this sounds really sad, but I, I've been blessed tremendously. In that does sound sad. In 2002, my son passed away. Oh. My wife divorced me, <laughs> and I started living in just a bus. At the same time... In a bus? Yeah, in a bus. At the same time, a close friend of mine stole $47,000 from me. 
And I was helping it. Okay, wait, wait a minute. I, I'm just emotionally and mentally. See, I'm trying to sort this out emotionally and mentally. This all happened in about a three month period. Can we stop playing this game? It's got me a little sad. <laughs> no. Is there any Kleenexes? See, here, see here's the deal. The good thing is, I'm doing great. While he was talking uh, like like a like a real man. I've been trying to one-up him mentally, yeah, and I can't. So when we come back, I want to hear more of this horrible, tragic, not good, very awful, rotten story, Z. I'm excited about it. I, you Sometimes I think you're not quite right in the head. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. It's a Thrive Time show on your radio. We're going to take you to the bottom, and we're going to end on the top. Stay tuned. Get ready to enter the Thrive Time show on Talk Radio 1170. <laughs> Everybody wants to be rich. Everybody it, wants to be that, successful. Isn't that part of the formula, though, Clay? Is that we want to be rich, but he says in the song, don't ask me why, but isn't the, isn't the why a big part of the process? Can I read the lyrics to you? Can I, can I read it? the lyrics of the song to you? Because you're, 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 you're getting deep. I am. And okay. that song is the opposite of deep. There's never been a song that I enjoy singing along to more yeah. that I disagree with more than this song. Okay. Well, yeah. Read so the I'm going to read the lyrics. Okay. He says, Let's hear it. Imagine, whoa. Whoa, oh, oh. Bill collectors, they ring my phone. They bother me when I'm not at home because you're not paying your bills. <laughs> Ain't got no time to be fooling around. Feet uh, hit the floor when I get on down. You see, I want money, lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky, and oh, I want lots and lots of money. So don't be asking me why. I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich. Oh, I want to be rich for a little love, peace, and happiness. I want my cake. I want to eat it, too. I want to spend my money on lottery. My favorite number is one, two, three, because you see, I want money. Oh, lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky, and we continue. So the point is, he's investing in lottery tickets. That's his. That's his plan. That, that is an. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought his kids like I want money, lots, and he's like favorite number is one, two, three. I mean, Z. I mean, the whole lottery thing is maybe not an. Paul Hood, would you recommend that as an investment strategy as a CPA? I absolutely would not. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, you got to be um, prudent and, and diversify. And if you're just invested in, I guess if you invested in uh, multi-state lotteries. Oh, uh, yeah, multi-state. Yeah, yeah, then maybe you could call that diversification. Sure. I got a question. Is In today's world, millennials and give me, give me, give me. You think that song would be pop- popular? Is it okay for a millennial to want money when they want? Oh, it's coming back too. And millennials also like songs that are not popular anymore. They like the songs that are kind of you know handmade, hand woven, kind of thrift, kind of thrift store, kind of hipsterish, hipsterish. Yeah, Coach, before before Z tried to take us out of the bottom and back up to the top. We ended the last segment at the bottom. Can you reset? Because we were talking about these horrible things that have happened to us. We're basically lamenting about the worst things that have happened, and then you're like. Oh, I'm yeah. sitting on the magic story over here. And then you just came in with one, two, three. Bam. I Can you reset f- oh. the stuff? Oh, you, it, and I was in I mean, you're going through a lot there. Can you reset what you were going through? Well, first off, I'm doing tremendous now. So we've overcome a lot. Hmm. In 2000, my son had muscular dystrophy. And so while I was building my business from 95, that's what we were struggling with was just him. In 2002, he finally uh, passed away. And at the time, my wife wasn't doing well, and she decided to let me go. 
And then I had a friend who was a pastor of a church and owned mm. a business, and he took advantage and stole a ton of money from me. Your friend was a pastor, uh-huh. and he decided to help you. Yes. And he stole your money? Yes. How much money did he take? 47000 Were you just keeping that like underneath the basketballs, like all the cash right there? You just put the basketballs on the cash? or How, how did he get all the money? Uh, investments and different things. Uh, he, I was trying to help some people and some things like that. It's quite a convoluted story. That's very boring. Well, stick, uh, coach. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. So here's the deal. So you, you're getting, you're just getting hit with the with the stick of, of life. Just psh, psh, psh. Oh, oh. I mean, At the same it, time, my back was going bad because I've well, had why eight not? back surgeries. Well, why not? So your back goes out. So I had four ruptures. You're divorced. You, your your son passed away. You've had money stolen from you. I mean, I think you might have hit the bottom. Did somebody then just come by and eat your ice cream too? Or I mean, what happened? No, actually, don't make me laugh. I remember two, same time uh, my dog got lost and died. And I'm right. Are you being serious? Come on. Now I see a pri- no. I see a lifetime movie coming no. out of this. I remember. Rover. No, I remember <laughs> thinking, Lord. I, I understand the money, and I understand the, but not my dog. No, you, wrote, you wrote Job 2.0, and God said, it's okay, we can add to the Bible. Yeah. We can do, oh my gosh, uh, Dr. Z, have you ever watched Dane Cook's uh, a comedy? Have you ever watched D- Dane Cook, the comedian? Uh, no, I haven't. One of the things he talks about, is he says, you know, people always say that polarizing events are memorable. You know, like if you have a really good slogan, people remember it. If you have kind of a funny catch line, a funny catchphrase, and he said, I've always wanted to be memorable. And so I, I've, as a comedian, I've, stri- I've, I've worked hard to have memorable routines, and they just, they're not as memorable as I want them to be. People leave, and I'll say, what was my show about? And they can't even remember one line. Oh, man. He's like, so recently what I've been doing is I've been finding young kids, usually three to five years old, when they're old enough to remember things. And I watch them, they're eating their ice cream, and I walk up to them, and I take the ice cream away, and I'll say, you will never forget this day. And I yell my name at them over and over, and I eat it in front of them. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's one way to... Yeah, that's very memorable. But I think sometimes we learn through these bad things. We do, though. That's memorable. And you learn, and you say, is this going to become bitterness or betterness? So, Z, for somebody listening to the show who goes, you know what? After hearing the stories that you guys have shared and the adversity of Lenny Kravitz, I really don't have anything to complain about. Or maybe they say, you know what? I, I'm going through what you went through. Well, How do the, you go from well, bitterness the, to betterness? Everybody has their high watermark. I remember once I was uh, a friend of mine, his daughter had lost, she was four or five, and she lost her Barbie doll or whatever it was, her, her thing, her doll. Yeah. And, and she was just, I mean, it, the, end, the world had ended for her. <laughs> and for me to sit there and say, you don't understand, uh, my son broke his leg, it was in a body cast. That's much worse than losing a doll. Yeah. I mean, people don't have that concept. So everybody has their high watermark. Everybody has a thing <laughs> that has affected them, you know? I have a Tom Clark, my dad who passed away about a year ago. This is a Tom Clark story for you. I played, I played baseball, and I used to kind of crowd the plate. I was left-handed. I was very, very good until I started losing the vision in my right eye. I've got bad, uh, a bad astigmatism uh, now where I just yeah, can't yeah. see very well. But I was very, very good. I was always batting number three or four in the lineup, and I would hit home runs often because I was a big kid. I'm like six one as like a sixth grader. You know, I haven't grown any since that time. So I'd, I'm crowding the plate, and I would just hit home runs quite often. So I'm crowding the plate, and the other the opposing pitchers would throw at me all the time. You know, they'd hit you. This is still when you could hit a kid with a baseball, and you wouldn't go to jail or be accused of something. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I crowd the plate, and the guy just hits me in the arm. And my dad was always, you know, at the game, and I'm like, it's you know, he kind of looks at me, he says something to me in between innings, and it's basically like, 
suck it up, quit crying, quit being a wuss. But basically, it was the motivational tips. You know, suck it up, yeah. quit crying, quit dirt being on a wuss. It. So uh, I get up there again, and I get hit again by the, again the same guy who gets tossed out of the game. But it's a deal where like he hit me again because I'm crowding the plate. So I get in the car, and I'm like, my dad. My dad says, "Well, how was the game?" Or something. My, my, my mom said, "How was the game?" And I remember saying. Well, I'm like super sore. I just got beaned twice. And I'm talking about it, and my dad's like, come here. So we pull over to Quick Trip and get some gas, and he just punches me in the leg, like harder than like Charlie Horse. And I'm like, ow, ow. what was that? And he's like, you probably won't remember the, the shoulder thing, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what was the deal? <laughs> and he just thought that was awesome. Displaced pain. So henceforth, like I was like, I am never going to mention any injuries to my dad again, because he was like all everything in sports. And that was his dad's philosophy. You play basketball if you're hurt. Uh, you just got to move on. You can't lament about things. And see, there's somebody listening to the show today who needs to hear this. How do you get over things? Well, and that's that's what I was getting at. And so everybody has their high watermark. Everybody has. And I remember as things would occur in later years after that, and people would go, how are you handling that so calm? How, how are you being so calm about that? This is a horrible thing that's going You're on right calm, this bro. second. You know? And I go, I go, listen, I had that's way below my high watermark. Bro. You know, I mean, I couldn't imagine, Coach, uh, you know, burying a child. I just, I think that's probably the one of the worst things in the world for someone to have to do. Uh, you know, grandparents, parents, that's natural, normal, sometimes sooner than you'd like, but still it's, it's you know. So anyway, you you look at some people's lives and you go, wow, that how did you come through that? But you know, we've all come through it. We've all done it. We've all had the worst thing that's happened to you. And you know what? You're still here. You're still listening to the show. Now, Hood CPAs, Mr. Paul, you had you had something you wanted to chime in with. Yeah, what, what I want to chime in about is, okay, who would you... I, I tell you what, um, I love and respect Dr. Uh, Coach Calvert, especially after his story. Um, who would you rather have coaching your kids? A guy who's come through all this stuff of life and has a positive attitude and is still serving. I, Clay, I, I'm thinking about going and uh, having a, a reversal of my vasectomy, just have a child so I can put him in his class. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, well you know, Z's an optometrist. Or you could adopt me and I could go take the lessons from you. You know, so there you go. Now, Thrive Nation, we have four ways that we can help you today. But we can help you if you don't start the journey by going to thrivetimeshow.com. Someone's saying, what's that website? Thrivetimeshow.com. When you go up there, you're going to find four tools. One, we have the world's best business podcast. You can subscribe for free. Two, we have one-on-one -on -one business coaching. You can schedule your consultation. Three, we have the world's best and most affordable business school. It's just a dollar for the first month and $19 every month thereafter. And finally, we have the world's best in-person business workshops. Z, why are these workshops so fun for people? Why do they love it? The next one's in December, but why do people love the workshops so much, my man? Because there's two key elements, two things with, that people get from it. They get to laugh and they get to learn. Oh, come on now. And those are, those are two powerful things. I mean, we all love laughing and we all love learning. Laugh, learn? Z, are we throwing in free perms? Laugh, learn, and free perm. Maybe they'll put in the room. <laughs> I love it. Nice. All right. If you're listening to the Thrive Time Show today, you are a great American, and we thank you for listening. And stay tuned for tomorrow's show. This entire month, we're breaking down success stories. And as always, we have to end the show with a bang. Three, two, two one. one. Boom. Boom.